I do know that in a world of risk averse, American, keep what I have, stay out of trouble, there needed to be a flavor of Christianity with grit, willing to get their hands dirty with kingdom work. Welcome to the Hub Podcast, a resource for house church leaders to foster and guide healthy house churches toward deep devotion, contagious community, and missional imagination. This is an extension of Common Ground Northeast Christian Church in Indianapolis, Indiana. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Hub Podcast. My name is Sam Linetti. I am the formation pastor here at Common Ground Northeast, and it is my honor, privilege, and enjoyment to share this podcast with my good friend, Eric Dean. Hey, I'm Eric, and I'm lead pastor at Common Ground Northeast. We're continuing uh, a series at our church that's dealing with and exploring the Um, core values of who we are, what we consider the identity of our church common ground, which uh, started with common ground, then went into we empower and what that means. And today we've got our third one, which is we are courageous. Courageous. So Eric, when we're talking about church values, I hear a lot of different things out there being a part of some different churches in my past. uh, And, you know, just kind of tuning in, being in the church world a little bit, but Courageous is not one I often see. <laughs> and so when, when, when we, and you shared this with, with the staff on like how the elders have just talked to and distilled some of the values of who we are as common ground, but courageous is a, I think a unique one in some aspects. So would you just kind of share with our audience a little bit of what do you mean when you say we at common ground value being courageous and how did we get there? Yeah, well, so one of the things I think that's interesting about these podcasts, so I haven't, at the point that we're recording this, I haven't preached this sermon. And so I don't want to give away too much information I might give away there. But what I do think is interesting that I know I won't have time on Sunday morning to do is um, a little bit of the behind the scenes on how our elders came up with this one. Um, If you've been around Common Ground for a while, and and I may say this in the sermon, but um, when I interviewed, I... I think it was right after they invited people to stick around and do a Q&A with anyone in the church. And so I did my initial sermon that, you know, like it's, you're, you're at an interview, like I had this one half memorized, right? You're going to drop your best delivery uh, and you're going to be as practiced up. And so it went fine. Like it was, it went well. Um, but then you have this extemporaneous common ground, you know, interaction on the other side with all the congregation. And I already knew this, right? Like you don't go down the route of racial reconciliation unless you have some level of courage Um, because it's not a popular thing to do. And, um, and and it's not a good church growth strategy, right? Like you start dealing with controversial topic matter, which the, the scriptures are full of them. And, and it's the opposite. Like some churches make their success, they build their success off of being palatable, right? To either non-Christians or um, to Christians because they're trying to get transfer growth from other churches. And so like, you'll, I, I think, I don't know if it's still there, but for a while, Joel Olstein, um, who, you know, I don't, I don't have any problem. I don't think he's a bad dude. I just, 
this I disagree with this idea. He does not or didn't at the time use the word sin in any of his sermons because that's not something we like to talk about. It's uncomfortable. It's not fun. Mm. And so his job was to get people connected by being palatable and not saying things that are difficult. Now, now his philosophy of ministry is that we get beat up all week. Like it's, it's rough being, you know, you know, life is just hard. So like when people come to church, I want them to be encouraged, inspired, uplifted. So that's his heart. Like, I think the heart is right. I just think it's not the full truth. Hmm. So, so, so think about that. I think to some extent you could say that lacks courage because it's not wanting to deal with the harder parts. So, so for us to delve into a controversial topic before it was in the limelight, um, and, and I'll say in our history, we had to interact in a church context where I had to call some of these, some, I'll call them racial discrepancies. I don't know. I don't know what you call it. Insecurity or in, in insensitivities, microaggressions, yeah. Yeah. Um, things mostly, mostly with, um, you know, to in Phoenix, like there's a lot of bigotry towards people coming up from Mexico. And so, um, it took courage. I mean, I, I had to sit face to face across the table from a prominent leader in our last church and say, when you said this racist joke, it's not okay. Don't ever do it again. And he said, I didn't say it (laughs) now. Lots of people over there believed me and some didn't, um, Mm. I'll let whatever reputation God wants to build (laughs) for me, speak for itself. But, um, this is what I knew. I didn't go after him. Um, I just refused to be pushed backwards. I wasn't going to I had, I had said what I said, and I was not going to act like it didn't happen or pretend that it was less big of a deal than it was. Um, and there was a bit of courage I had to deal because I wanted it to just be over. I didn't want to be in this position. I honestly had the thought in my head, um, and I'm a big dude, like I'm six foot seven, right? Weigh 235 pounds. Not a lot of people scare me. I wasn't physically scared. <laughs> But it occurred to me, I, he was so angry that I thought he was going to jump over the table and attack me. And I, I actually had formulated, like, I don't want to get involved in that. I knew where the, I had my eye on the exits. So I knew quickly if this happened, I could get out. Now that could have been just in my head. Maybe this person had no intentions, but when you see somebody that angry, it's like, it's hard to not think of it. So, okay. So when I... And I, and I, and I, my background is in, there's conflict, like conflict is not, um, foreign to me growing up Mm -hmm. the way that I grew grew up. Yeah. Yeah. So when I saw that common ground was going into these places, I remember this distinctly, I think, I I think I remember who it was, but I won't name them, but somebody in the, in, in the congregation said this, raised their hand. I said, Hey, yeah. What, what question do you have? And he said, common ground is a bold church. We do bold things. It's like, if you're not ready for that, you should not come out here. And, and on the contrary for me, um, and I'm not trying, like, I'm not, I get scared like anyone does. Like I was afraid when I was in that situation, but I just kind of like felt convicted. I can't, 
I can't let this person gaslight me into saying it didn't happen um, or pressure me into it. But I remember thinking, this is my people. Hmm. Like, can that card be overplayed? Certainly. Yeah. Can, can people become bullies by being overly aggressive? Yeah. But this isn't aggressiveness. It's not, it's not aggression. There was just a sense of like, we have a conviction to do things. And when we do it, we are loud about it. We are bold about it. We jump in both feet forward. Sometimes mm-hmm. this phrase used to get used all the time it, um, that our pastors will often be ready, fire, aim. <laughs> and they'll, they'll jump in before they've even fully aimed and, and taken stock of everything. Um, I, I wouldn't describe myself like that. I'm not quite <laughs> that character, I don't think. But this, this is what I know. I knew that that had to be captured in our, in our, um, yeah. in our uh, values. It's a part of who we are. And maybe it's brashness sometimes. I don't want to be against the possibility that we overplay that. Yeah. But I do know that in a world of risk averse, American, keep what I have, stay out of trouble, there needed to be a flavor of Christianity with grit willing to get their hands dirty with kingdom work. Mm -hmm. Um, And I knew that I had seen that track record in my life. I knew that I had been um, in contexts where that was not as scary to me as maybe it would be to some of the other people I was around um, in the Christian world. And I watched uh, a congregation of people who were, I felt like were just that man. bold. And so we felt like boldness wasn't quite the right word. Um, I told that story, I think in that moment. And I don't, I don't think boldness was the right word. And we talked about, well, you know, maybe we're pioneers because we, um, you know, we go into new territory and we're unafraid. Um, and it was like, well, we weren't, we weren't going into new territory for the sake of going into new territory. That wasn't the yeah. desire. We just saw, had a conviction and we were going to be unafraid to do what we felt like God told us to be. And so it turned into boldness, you know, to like a pioneering spirit to maybe being um, yeah. more so that we're courageous and um and so courage we are courageous became the the end yeah. result of that yeah. conversation so that was that was the evolution and where we got there cool. i don't know how much of that story i'll get into on sunday but that's the behind the scenes of what happened with us the elders as we were talking about this man I, i'm glad you i'm glad you shared the background a little bit in that and even some of your story of why you felt like you belonged here that common ground was a good fit for you i've got a similar mm-hmm. story i might share here in a little bit I still yeah. remember the the coffee that we had where, you know, we talked a little bit about it and I kind of laid it out and you're like, yeah, you need to come talk to our elders. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> um, that's, that might be a different story for a different time. But, <laughs> but I like how you said um, bold, not just for boldness sake or pioneering, not just for pioneering sake. And yeah. I think it's the same here. Courageous, not just for being like courageous sake, like not just to stand in the face of opposition just because, but righteousness standing for righteousness uh has a sense of standing in opposition to something that doesn't stand for righteousness and it takes courage not the absence of fear which that might be a whole nother (laughs) sermon where sometimes we say faith is the absence of fear i even used to believe that i don't believe that's the case i think no i think i think faith and courage is actually doing the right thing, the righteous thing in the presence of fear. 
And so uh, for those of y'all who are part are listening to this part of common ground Northeast and are like, man, I'm not courageous because, you know, I'm, I'm not as confident or bold or maybe convicted in some of these areas, but I'm growing and learning. Hey, listen, the fact that you're stepping into these areas to grow and learn is courageous, mm. not to mm-hmm. stay stagnant, not to stay with the status quo, not to stay uh, comfortable and content is a courageous thing. And that's one thing that I have learned about our congregation is that not only are they willing to step in and to support things within our community, but you even mentioned it uh, with, I think it was common ground where we are a learning community, which means open to being challenged in concepts, open to um, hearing out perspectives that might be very different than what we've been told or the way we grew up or even the way in which we think. And in some aspects, being okay with doing life with people yeah. who may not think fully like we do, or uh, live in the same socioeconomic or even cultural uh, way in which we do, but stepping into those places in common ground to seek the kingdom together, even despite some of these differences mm-hmm. is courageous. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I do appreciate some of the ways in which you've um, have described and distilled that and given that background mm-hmm. on that. For, for some of the people who are listening who may not be part of Common Ground or might be new to Common Ground, you'd mentioned specifically stepping into um, this racial reconciliation or, or justice uh, that we talk about in the kind of the history, not, not too much of the history of Common Ground, but you said it's a courageous thing. Um, can you just share a little bit of like when you came here, it, it, it wasn't just a thing. It's been a little bit of a process with, with stepping into these areas. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, I would actually say we should maybe defer till when I talk about the seek justice, you know, and we oh, good point. brief that one a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned the last one, but we're, I, I, it's such a, it's such a big part of the heartbeat of our church. So I'm going to give it its own time. Um, its own sermon, We Seek Justice at the end, although our, our elders have not solidified that as a core value. Sure. Um, we more intended that to be embedded in the other things that we do. Yeah. But I do think, well, I'll, let me say this in, in a couple of ways. I think in the white evangelical culture, um, the most bold thing we could do was stand for something that we saw was biblical, but unpopular in our own culture. Mm-hmm. right? Because that's where a lot of us come from. Now, of course, if you're a person of color, this isn't new to you and you aren't the one who needs to do some shifting. The white evangelical culture needed to recognize and deal with this. Um, but in a context like, um, you know, that, we, that many of us came from, this was a non, not a popular conversation to have. And so that was the bold move. I will say, I do believe maybe in the coming months in the coming years, we may have to make some, some, because this is one where the culture around us agrees, right? Agrees with our impulse of justice and reconciliation. And yeah. so we might actually get a few people that are non-Christians that are like, man, I can get on board with that. All right. But now the, the more conservative sides, um, and I would call hyper-conservative sides would say, this is a distraction. You shouldn't be dealing with this. Um, and it wasn't popular within the Christian culture, right? And so I, I think a time is probably coming in the next 
year or two that we may have a flip on that, where there may be some things that we need to stand for in the midst of our culture that they aren't going to like. And we're going to have to have the same boldness to engage in that, the same courage to stand for unpopular truth in the midst of a, you know, increasingly secular environment that we, that we live in, in, in America. So I don't know if that, if that makes sense totally for, you know, for the question that you asked, but, um, it takes courage at the dinner table with, you know, at, at, at we do, the joke is, you know, uncle, uncle Bob at the Thanksgiving table, who's saying, you know, a, you know, a, not a, not a full, you know, white supremacist racist joke, but just that little microaggression that, that stereotypes of a, a, a given people group. Yeah. And I want to encourage our congregation confront that, right? There, there are times when keeping the peace and unity needs to be disrupted because an injustice just took place. And where God would say there's an injustice in this moment, I encourage us to insert ourselves into that moment and speak on behalf of those who can't speak for themselves in that moment. Um, So, so it takes boldness. It takes courage to be in that awkward conversation to be, to confront someone who you love and respect, right? Like someone who maybe has for, you know, I don't mean this in a, in a goofy way, but like they wiped your booty and you grew up, they put the diapers on you. They taught you how to drive. They gave you, they got you your first job, showed you how to engage in a, uh, you know, in an interview. These are people that loved and took care of you. And now you're having to look at them and say, you don't, you don't say that word. That's not an okay thing to say because it dehumanizes yeah. a person or a group of people. Yeah. And so I would say we, we need to engage, you know, in those ways. So that would be, that would be one way where that takes mm-hmm. courage. Um, well, and, and it's, and it's easy. It's easy to maybe confront some of those things whenever you don't know people, AKA uh, social media is giving us a platform to throw stuff out there all the time. Yeah. Now is, is there a kind of a place and a time to engage in some of those things? Sure but it's much harder whenever, like you said, there's a relational equity that's been built and um, you know, somebody you deeply care about, it's much harder to embrace those things. And yet I would even argue the opportunity for maybe true perspective and shift and change is even more so in those relationships because of the very same thing, but it takes courage. It takes courage to step into those things. Yeah. And I would say, Gauge your heart. Yeah. If you're jumping at the bit, if you want to be the one to correct that person, that probably for me is a bigger tell than the platform. And I, and I even yeah. mean social media, not social media. I, I get that there are lots of reservations, but I also don't want to give somebody just a pass to say anything they want to say, no matter how dehumanizing, just because it happened digitally, because I wouldn't let them get away with it in front of me. Right. So I, yeah. so I do think there's some discernment there as well. Um, you know, that you want to do, but, but I've always been told if you have a confrontation to be, to do, and you want to be the person to do it, you probably aren't the right person to do it. Right. Or the timing's off. However, if you set it and it's uncomfortable and everything in you wants to avoid that confrontation, I'm going to tell you to be more bold and jump in on that. Say it, you know, um, be loving, but, um, you know, to, like I said, to look somebody in the eyes and say, don't ever say that again. Um, or, or, 
in one instance, I, I would say part of that too is preemptively deciding what you're going to do when the next awkward conversation comes up. There were, there were, you know, little racist jokes that would get thrown around in a staff meeting I was at, at a church one time. And one other person I decided you can, cause you get caught up in that and you're off, you get caught off guard and you just kind of like awkwardly, haha, you know, like, okay, this is weird. They shouldn't have said that, but we had determined if it happens again, we are not going to laugh and uh, see how that goes. So this, this happened and it was a joke about laborers, Mexican laborers, um, you know, I mean, I, I won't repeat the joke, but they, they made a joke at the expense of, uh, the, the laborers that came from Mexico that were, um, in yeah. Phoenix, the, the place laughed, the whole group of people laughed and me and this other person didn't. And it was obvious apparent. And they looked at me and said, Oh, come on, like lighten up, man. And then followed by if another person was here, the only Hispanic person on our staff who had ever been on our staff, they weren't at the time. If that person was here, they would have laughed at that joke. And I said, why don't we call him and ask him right now? Let's do that. I mean, this is in the middle of a staff meeting. Why don't we call him and ask, like everything in me wanted me just like, you're getting, don't make, am I making too big a deal about this? Am I the, you know, I'm the, the politically correct police in the room after this. Yeah. And I did get called all those things. Yeah. But in this moment, I said, all right, then call him, call that person right now. I got his number right now. I'll call him. Let's call him and ask him if that's a funny joke yeah. to make right now. And it, and it eventually was like, like, all right, man, like e e take it easy. But I think that moment had to happen. And I would not have had the courage to do it had I not preemptively decided what I'm going to do. Cause I, and I told someone else in the room, um, if it happens, we're going to confront this. And then it happened. And then it was like, <laughs> I just like, um, I, I just see in myself, like you sometimes have to have the plan in place before, before you do it next time, dad or mom or grandma, grandpa, next time this coworker, that coworker says that, that joke that that's a little bit at the expense or maybe a lot depending on your context. I'm not yeah. going to let it pass. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. boldness, courage. It takes that. Yeah. Those situations are, um, they can be tough to navigate, but I would share that um, they're only tough to navigate because at times I think we start to consider how it's going to affect us mm -hmm. and our status and where we sit and wherever we are, whether it's familial relationships am, am i gonna hurt a, a relationship am i gonna ruffle some feathers or am i gonna lose a job um i will share up until this point there's been at least one situation in every job that i've held where i feel like god has said are you willing to get fired for me yeah and i've always been confronted with that and Hmm. most of the time, I would say most of the time in standing, standing up during those times, it was actually received well and nothing happened. Some of the times it created conversations that led to policy change, which is really good. Hmm. Other times it led to me having to eventually leave. And so I've experienced a little bit of the gauntlet of it. 
And I would resonate, Eric, especially with you talking about your interview process. Uh, I recognize the courageousness and the boldness right away when I was asked to interview and sit in front of the elders. And I had sat with a couple of other churches I was interviewing with, and I was the one that brought up some racial inequalities and how this church has been diving into the community and confronting these things or standing up for some of these things. And for one of them, I know for sure I didn't get a call back because of it. But I found it ironic that I sat in front of the elders here at Common Ground Northeast and the very first question out of the out of the our elders was do you think racism is still, or do you believe in systemic racism and is it still prevalent today? Mm. And I sat back and in my mind, I go, oh, y'all are like that, huh? Okay. Like, <laughs> but at right. the time, did you know which way to give it? I mean, I'm imagining in an interview, that was an interview, right? Yeah. 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 So you don't know what we're looking for. Like, you don't know, are we trying to to bait you <laughs> or well, well i had already had coffee with you and you've oh, already mentioned yeah. some of the journey and i had met if you guys know yeah. bill, the 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 legend bill neal you're welcome yeah. if you're listening to this he, <laughs> he, legend, he, does, he does not like attention but he is legendary um but i had heard a little bit of it and so just coming forthright with that i was like okay y'all are about this and then the very next question was if you were to sit around a table of white males, how would you begin the conversation? And mm. just that next level of, do you even know how to speak about this? Just kind of, again, fortified. Mm-hmm. Y'all aren't shying away from this. It's not just an idea. It's not like you said, yeah. a photo op or something good to put on a, a resume or, hey, we've got diversity in our leadership, but we really don't do anything with it. It yeah. meant something. And so I appreciated that um, right from the get-go, especially when some other interviews, it was causing me actually to not get callbacks and people were looking at me like I was nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I appreciated that. Um, but one thing I wanted to share with you or, or ask kind of a leading question, and we're almost done on time here, but you alluded to it a little bit. And I think some of the questions we might have listening uh, in our congregation or our listeners here when we talk about being courageous, is there a difference between being courageous and being dumb? Like, how do you know the difference? Like, where does wisdom play into yeah. this? Where, I, and I think it's it's even more important in a polarizing context to where a, a social media platform uh, yeah. has, and this polarizing context has given anybody and everybody the ability to be extremely courageous for almost anything. Is there a wisdom in how we go about that courageousness? Um, and, and how do we discern that? Yeah, no, that's always hard. That's like, that's like kind of the crux of this too. And I do think some of it is found in some of the things we mentioned already, you know, like, um, is it, is it boldness or courage? when someone, you know, if you want to be the one to aggressively confront someone, that's probably not courage. That's something else, you know, that's revenge or it's, um, you know, I want to be the one 
who gets that, <laughs> I'll use an Andy Bernard statement, who gets that delicious moment of throwing back in their face the mm-hmm. thing they did, right? You want to get back yeah. at them. So that that's, I think that's, that's a good tell in that, in, it's at least in that measure. Like seeking um, revenge instead of yeah, vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want correction? Like asking that question, do I just want them to feel the punishment for what they've done? Or do I want them to be corrected into right relationship for what's happened? That's a, that's another great way to kind of look at that. Um, you know, in terms of a confrontation, at least, um, I may or may not use this for the sermon. So, you know, I apologize if you're hearing this for the second time, or if you hear it twice, but in researching this, uh, the verse from Timothy, is it 2 Timothy 1.7, I think, right? Yes. You and I mentioned, we talked about in one of your life verses, I think. Yeah, um, no, and, no and big it, deal. Just the verse I live my life by. Not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> so it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of love, of, of power and self-control. Um, and I don't know why, but in my study, that verse struck me in a, in a, in a new way. Um, and I'll have to, I really need to look at the, um, the context to make sure that it plays out well and the way I want to use it. But for whatever reason, I started thinking through, you know, what is the opposite of courage? Well, it's fear and timidity, right? And mm-hmm. so this is saying not to have fear and timidity, but okay. So here's, here's the elements of courage, power, which could go bad or good, depending on how you use it, yeah. love, um, and self-discipline. And I started imagining in my head a um you know maybe a continuum of loving or unloving disciplined or undisciplined powerful or not powerful and and so i started to imagine what that's kind of like when you're when you're shooting a bow and arrow and i'm not like a bow hunter or anything but you know when you have oh, you're, to... you're talking to one i can correct you at any moment oh nice i'll, yeah, I'll be so... courageous to correct you if i need to <laughs> please do so if you if you if you use those almost like a like a triangulation or, and I'm imagining in my head an axis, um, you know, X, Y, and I guess Z, it would be three, three dimensions of axis, but going into math, right? So if I think of love as one of my axes by which I measure, and I'm kind of, you know, take, if I'm holding a bow and arrow and I'm, and I'm looking, I'm trying to aim and I'm going up and down. Am I loving and love would be that center spot. But then I got to go like left and right a little bit, right? I have to pan mm-hmm. back and forth. Is, is this, am I doing this out of self-discipline or a lack of discipline? And if you can say I'm disciplined, then you've centered that way. So now you've got, a, you're centered left and right. You're centered up and down, but now the power comes in you pulling that arrow back to the level that is appropriate for this moment. And if you've done all of these things, right, when you let go of that arrow, it's going to fly straight and hit with the right power. Yeah. And I, and I kept thinking, Again, this is fresh, but it's just a, a, what came to mind when I started thinking about this verse as it came up. But that gives me a really great gauge of is this courage or is this something else? Mm, yeah. That's Am good. I using an inappropriate amount of power? Um, so, am I pulling the arrow back too far? Am I, am I using love as a gauge to aim where I'm shooting this arrow? Am I using self-discipline as a gauge to know Am I do? Am I aiming correctly? Am I getting this left? Am I panning correctly? Or am I too far left, too far right? Yeah. All of these things, I felt like maybe it's a crude one, but it just was helpful. A picture in my mind of thinking this gives me a gauge that I need to use the correct amount of power 
I need to be loving and I need to be self-disciplined in my courage. And if I do those things, then mm. I, then I can, I'm probably in a good place to let this arrow fly mm. and, and move towards it. The only other thing I would, I would say is when you hear from God, when you have a, a conviction and you vetted that properly, um, and I guess Gideon would be a good answer to that, right? He, he was told by the angel of the Lord to go fight. Um, I guess David, I mean, there's a lot of instances we can talk about, but David, yeah. you know, yeah. where he, he has boldness, not arrogance, but the Lord has given me, you know, given him permission that you have sinned against not just me, but the Lord. And I will not let you defame the name of Yahweh again. Yeah. And so he goes in into battle with Goliath and, you know, Gideon goes into the battle with the, the war that he's fighting. And so I do think um, once you've landed on this is a conviction we have, I mean, you, you, and you've, and you've gauged that well, you know, according to discipline, self-discipline, love and power. I do think there's something in there that gives you the freedom to let that arrow fly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a kind of a good checks and balances. When you were talking about that, it reminded me of Micah six, eight, where it says, seek justice, love, mercy, walk humbly. Yeah. Yeah. And oftentimes, um, for some of us, we like to hang the hat on the seek justice part pretty heavily. And yet yeah. I believe within that it is similar to the way you're reading second Timothy, it gives the checks and balances in there as well. Mm. Seek justice, but love mercy and walk humbly. Yeah. Right. And it, and if you look at it, it almost, yeah, they kind of balance out the justice. It almost parallels like strength, seeking mm. justice, like love, love, mercy, Huh. And then walking, That'd be interesting. Walking to humbly, know. self-disciplines, right? Yeah. And so I don't know if there's anything to that. That just really came up here. Maybe the Holy Spirit's telling us something. But um, <laughs> we've talked a lot, and we're running out of time here, but we've talked a lot about courageousness, mostly in, I think, seeking justice and um, even empowering the marginalized. But yeah. there, there are many more ways in which courageousness works itself out in what we value, such as if you get a word from the Lord, share it, share it with people. If, if like encourage one another, um, if there is a need that you see in our community, let's, let's, let's get behind it. Let's do it. Oh, Eric, you've already shared in your sermons, multiple stories of people who saw a need and stepped out and encouraged to figure out a way in yeah. which to meet it. And it's created beautiful things. And it's just a reminder. I think that um, an all powerful God who's given us a spirit that has power to move mountains, bring dead people to life. And when all that that's been given gifted to his believers and our courage, isn't confidence in ourselves. Yeah. Our courage is even in our weakness. It's a confidence in the spirit that's in us that it can do immeasurably more than what we are capable of. Yeah. And so I've, I've been encouraged before and I try to pass this along with other people. And maybe this is an encouragement to you listening in. If you don't have confidence in yourself that you're capable good have confidence in the spirit that's in you because then only god can get the glory you can't mm. and so have the courage to step into places where you have to rely on god i mean the apostles were even encouraged don't worry what you're going to say the spirit will tell you sometimes mm -hmm. all we are being challenged to do is show up in the places that we're asked to show up in so be courageous to take those steps, to, to, to be present and to show up in those places. And then there's courage to also trust that the Lord will show up there too. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, hey, you might fall flat on your face. So sometimes God needs to show up. Otherwise, mm -hmm. 
is going to be crazy, but when he does, only he can get the glory. Oh, yeah, man. You see it over and over in scripture. Yeah. Over and over again. That's why Gideon's pared down to the 300, you know? Yeah. So, y'all, thanks for tuning in. Um, we've got another episode coming to you. So, if you haven't heard the first two in this series, Common Ground and Empower, make sure you check those out and then stay tuned for our last one. We'll wrap up this series. So, Eric, thank you again. Yeah, thank you. We'll see y'all next time. Peace. We appreciate you stopping by and spending some time with us today. Make sure to check out the previous episodes on Hub Podcast. If you're interested in information on Common Ground Northeast, check out cgnortheast.com. We'll catch you next time.